Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. So I was praying for you guys last night and this morning. It's the anointing of Jesus. It's the anointing of Jesus that changes everything. And he's here today. It's more than my words, it's more than the worship team's songs, it's more than our fellowship and our giving and our serving. What really gets the job done is the fact that Jesus himself is here. And where Jesus is, everything Jesus is, is there. The sick are healed, broken hearts get mended, we get set free. And so I believe his anointing is here for you today. And Anyway, as we get started, Happy New Year. <laughs> Tell somebody, Happy New Year. <laughs> You're here! <laughs> and I'm happy, that's right. We are here and we are happy. And uh, welcome to um, everyone watching online today. We love you and we miss you, those of you that aren't with us this morning, and we just continue to declare healing for anyone dealing with sickness, either here or those of you that are, are at home this morning. We declare healing in the name of Jesus. Come on, say, I receive healing, I receive healing. by faith, by faith. In, Jesus. in Jesus. I hope you did that at home too. We declare healing to anyone and everyone suffering with sickness right now in our church family. Um, before I actually get into today's word, um, I want to invite Liz up really quick. Uh, I want to just, uh, well, that woke everybody up. All right. You know, last Sunday, um, we learned about, uh, the power of worship and prayer. Okay. And we talked about how uh, God receives our prayers and how our prayers and our worship produce a powerful impact uh, in the earth. In fact, if you were not with us last Sunday, don't be scared. If you weren't with, she's like, yeah, I tend to have a lot of energy. All right. If you weren't with us last Sunday or you did not watch online or listen to the podcast yet, I, I implore you, please just go back and listen to last Sunday's message so that we can all be on the same page as we begin to move into uh, 2021. We talked about the power of worship and prayer. And one of the things we learned is that fasting enhances prayer, right? Fasting isn't us trying to tw twist God's arm to get him to do something. Fasting is more twisting our arm, <laughs> right? Fasting enhances our sensitivity to what God is saying and, and doing, and it helps us to pray better, right? And so uh, we talked about uh, fasting during the month of January, and I encourage and I encourage everyone again, ask the Holy Spirit today how he, maybe you're already doing it, right? But how he wants you to fast during the month of January. But one of the things we're doing together and we're inviting everyone together as a church family to fast every Wednesday of January together, okay? So that would begin this January, the 6th, and then the 13th, 20th, and 27th. Those are the four Wednesdays of January that you may be fasting all month somehow, some way, but together on Wednesdays, let's fast because there's power in agreement and in unity, okay? And I want to remind you that fasting isn't just skipping a meal. 
Fasting is praying instead of eating, okay? Don't just not eat. That's not, fa- I mean, I guess that's scientifically fasting. But to fast spiritually means to pray instead of eating, not just don't eat, okay? We call just not eating, we call that suffering, okay? But when we pray instead of eating, we call that fasting, and that enhances our power in prayer. Liz wants to share something a little bit uh, bit for you guys as families. Yes, um, this year, you know, my kids are older, so I'm going to try something as a family. And I just want to share a tool for families here. That's something that I'm going to try this year, but I, I felt like I needed to share with you and see if you could apply it to your family too because I believe we are called to disciple our kids yes. and to multiply ourselves and our kids right. first, right? So I am bringing, we're going fa- to fast as a family. So um, the, the graphic design team helped me create this, and I'm going to print it and have it at home, but what I'm going to do is is that I'm going to give my kids options. First, uh, I'm gonna, I, we have been explaining to our kids what fasting is. And it's very unique for every family. You're going to have to, as a Holy Spirit, how to explain it to your own kids. Uh, but uh, we are explaining to them. And so we have options of fasting like candy, favorite TV show, favorite snack, video games. And then they can pick, they can choose which, what would they like to fast each of the Wednesdays. So I just wanted to share this tool with families. And if your kid is in the age appropriate, you know, we are not going to force it in our kids. It's a choice. So I just want my kids to know about the weapon of fasting and prayer because I'm preparing them for the army of God. And um, I remember I started fasting since I was in middle school. So I want them to, to know that fasting is, is a weapon that they can use and prayer is powerful. So here's a tool. Uh, we're going to be sharing the link uh, of this in the community page. Uh, if you want to print it, feel free to print it. But you can use your own schedule or your own things. You know, this is what's going to work for my family. But I just want us um, to do this as a family. And I want to encourage you to involve your kids in everything you're doing so they grow um, uh, doing it together. Okay, so that's it. We were explaining that we were going to start this week last night, and Anna was like, I want to do that. And Oliver was like, do I have to do that? And the answer is no, you don't have to. We want to help you want to. (laughs) So, uh, man, just imagine how powerful if our kids learn to fast as kids and they grow up learning how to do this man so powerful well uh another uh thing i know that brie and caleb mentioned it and they said i would tell you more so i'm going to tell you more okay this wednesday i am so excited that we are relaunching our wednesday night with a totally new format okay Uh, starting this wednesday we're going to have discipleship and prayer, or prayer and discipleship, okay? We're going to be doing that together on Wednesday nights, and um, I just wanted to really encourage everyone. Uh, I can't emphasize enough to try to join us on Wednesdays. Maybe you're not used to coming on Wednesdays. Maybe it's a new thing. Maybe you've never come before. I want to challenge you. Just give it a try in January and see what happens, okay? Just, Just do a trial period, because we're going to be not only after having fasted, on Wednesdays. We're going to pray together 
And then for the first few months of the year, we're going to be going through a very powerful discipleship curriculum all together. And so I want to invite everyone and encourage everyone to come out on Wednesday nights. And today, this morning, we had our first ever Sunday morning prayer down in the basement. And uh, it, 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 the presence of Jesus was just so there, like he was waiting on us. And so I just want to invite everyone, if you can come a little bit early, uh, down here in the basement, okay, you can, you can come in through the stairs or even through the, the downstairs entrance, uh, in the basement from 1015 to about 1040, 1045, we're just spending some time in prayer before our service, and this is open to anyone and everyone that would like to join us. It's a time of intercession, so join us. Lots of prayer going on in January, and lots of prayer going on in 2021, because our prayers have a powerful impact in the earth. Amen? Amen. Go back and listen to last Sunday if you haven't yet. Our prayers are powerful. Well, who's ready for God's word today? This word, I've been sitting on this word since July. The Lord spoke this word to Liz and me back in July. We literally looked at each other one day and went, I think the word for 2021 is fill in the blank. Okay, I'm getting there in a minute. You've already heard it a hundred times. But, and then the Lord just really spoke to me through the Bible. Can you believe he spoke to me through his word? And the Holy Spirit and through different um. Uh, I guess you could say through different avenues, confirmations, people, books. It all just built up to the end of December when I was absolutely on fire with this word. So you put, I want to ask you to put your seatbelt on today because I've been sitting on this for like five months. All right? Well, we'll see. All right. It's my privilege today to share the first word of 2021 with you I'm so excited that we're not only starting a new year, but we're starting a new prophetic theme, okay? Who was with us in 2020? <laughs> Who is more solid today than you were at the beginning of last year? All year long, we had a prophetic theme. It was solid. The whole year we learned that practicing God's word makes me strong. All right. I hope you got that, because we're not going to repeat that anymore. We got a new one today. The Lord has given me a theme, a year-long theme, verse and phrase. Are you ready to learn it today? Because we're going to learn it today, and we're going to continue it throughout this year, okay? The theme for 2021, as you have heard again and again, is multiply. Now, as we get started with the message, I just want to remind everyone, as usual, if you would like to follow along the outline, there's a printed outline available in the box back there, or you can follow along the digital outline in your Bible app. And I encourage you to do that because it helps to see the scriptures uh, and the points yourself. Uh, el bosquejo está disponible en español del, del mensaje impreso allá atrás o digitalmente a través de la aplicación de la Biblia. Now, after such a tough... 2020. Man, you could hear like a needle drop in here. It's like, what's coming? After such a rough 2020, I want to just ask you, what, this is what I hear the Holy Spirit asking me, what is your expectation 
of 2021. After going through, figuratively speaking, the fire and the flood and the valley of the shadow of death, and some was much a, a harder year than for others, but for everyone, it's kind of a theme. Like, all social media was blasting last week was, God, could it finally just be over, right? 2020, on a worldwide scale, was considered a rough year, right? A lot of things happened. A lot of things happened in, in our nation. A lot of things happened worldwide. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say, so what's your expectation of 2021? Because a lot of times, what we experience is the result of our expectation. What we experience is the result of our perspective, of our angle, of how we go about it. And so, I know I'm repeating the question, but I really want you to think about it. And I really want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you with this question. What should my expectation of 2021 be? Okay? Now, as you're thinking about that today, is it okay if I share with you today my expectation for 2021? Is it okay if, if today I share what I believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to my heart and to our hearts for the past five months? This is truly what I am expecting for 2021. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? The title of today's message is Multiplication Expectation. Multiplication Expectation. Today and next Sunday, what we're going to be doing is kind of setting up the stage for this prophetic theme, multiply. All right? Now turn to somebody and tell them, it is time to multiply. Now those of you that aren't yet married, don't take that literally in that uh, biologically let's say that okay you're going to understand why i'm saying this in just a minute because here in about two or three weeks we're going to hit the ground running and we're just gonna go but i felt like the holy spirit said first set the stage first let's set this up prophetically okay and so what we're going to do today and next Sunday is just sort of set the stage prophetically, set the stage scripturally. We're setting the stage with our prayer and our fasting to get ready in a few weeks to just run with this multiply thing. But my expectation of 2021 is multiplication expectation. Now, I'm going to share with you now our 2021 theme verse. We're going to read it. We're going to quote it, we're going to memorize it, we're going to repeat it until we... Until we see it. Until we see it. Are we ready? 2021 is Acts chapter 6 verse 7. Okay? I'm going to read it, we're going to read it together, alright? Let me read it first. Then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Can we read it together? 
So let's read the verse and then we say the scripture reference, okay? That's how you memorize a verse, all right? Ready? Then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Acts 6, 7. It's easy to remember, 6, 7, right? Let's do that again. Ready? Then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Notice the words in all caps. Word and multiplied. Let's do that one more time. Ready? Then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Acts 6, 7. Now it's your turn. Ready? Take it off the screen. Ready? In the word. Acts 6, 7. Give yourselves a hand for that this morning. 2021 is the year to multiply. This is our year-long phrase. Just like last year, we said again and again, practicing God's word makes me strong, right? This is the phrase I hear the Holy Spirit saying. Are we ready? Yes. Multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. Multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. Come on, can we say it together? Multiply the culture... Now hold your horses. Next Sunday, we're going to talk more about the culture of Jesus, okay? But the culture of Jesus is basically what we call discipleship, right? Come on, let's say it again. Multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. We see in Acts 6 verse 7 that multiplication of disciples happens when the word of God what? Spreads, Right? It's the spreading of the word of God. Some of you that have read the Bible a lot are already, already know what parable we're about to read. It's the spreading of the word of God that produces multiplication of disciples. Okay? The word of God was never meant to be contained, y'all. Whoo! The word of God was never meant to be between two covers of a book on our shelf or in an app on our phone that we never use. The word of God was never just meant to be contained up here or even in here. No, no. The word of God is meant, it's destined to spread, to be spread. And the result of the spreading word of God is multiplication of disciples. That is how it works. The spreading of his word is the primary means by which God multiplies disciples. And we're going to see what Jesus had, has to say about that today. But before we get to that, let me just, again, we're setting this up. We're setting the year up, okay? There's a few things we're going to do all together in 2021, okay? One thing we always do, what we encourage everyone to do together Every year is read through the whole Bible, okay? And so I encourage you, get on a Bible reading plan that takes you through the whole Bible this year, okay? But one of the things that we're actually going to all do together, 
literally, and I mean on a Sunday by Sunday basis, okay? We're going to read chapter by chapter, verse by verse, the whole gospel of Mark all together, okay? And, and we're going to actually try to do it as much as possible in order, okay? We're going to read word for word through the gospel of Mark together as a church family on Sundays, okay? We're going to begin this, in, again, like I said, in two or three weeks. Once I feel like the stage is set and we're ready to go with it, we're going to begin it, okay? We're going to read every single verse, every single word of the book of Mark together, okay? Why Mark? Why did I choose Mark? Because there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay? So the whole idea here is this, okay? How are we going to multiply disciples? It's through the word, but there's something very powerful about the actual words of Jesus himself. Don't get me wrong, Genesis to Revelation, the word of God is alive, it's active, it's effective, it's powerful, but when Jesus spoke, it was the living word of God speaking the word of God. And, and so I would like to say there's something extra powerful in the red letters, okay? Jesus' literal, literal words were the literal words from the word of God spoken, okay? And so Mark contains that straight to the point more than any of, of the other gospels, okay? Uh, just a little background here. Matthew and Luke contain a lot of history and a lot of details. Have you guys noticed if you've read through the Gospels? Both Matthew and Luke go a lot into the, the ancestors of Jesus and the birth of Jesus and the exile to Egypt and all that happened before, you know, when Jesus was going to be born, when he was born, and then all that kind of stuff, okay? John, from the get-go, is a theology book. It's all just the identity of Jesus. But Mark literally starts with these words, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Boom. It skips over the birth and the, the ancestors and all that stuff that's very important. That's why you ought to read the whole Bible. Amen? Okay? But Mark goes from the very beginning to, boom, here are the words of Jesus. And so I believe that as we read and study through the words of Jesus, that his words are being spread into our hearts, and it will produce a multiplication of disciples. Do you agree? Another reason I chose to read through Mark, well, mainly was because I was reading through Mark uh, a couple of months ago, and the Holy Spirit said, read through Mark together. That was the first reason why, but... The more I looked into it, I kind of think I know why he might be saying it. Mark, not like the other three Gospels, did you know Mark was written mainly for Gentiles? So what is a Gentile? Anyone who's not of Jewish descendants, right? Of Hebrew descendants. So Matthew, Luke, and John, although it can, we can understand it all, right? Mark was specifically written like taking Gentiles into account. It's the book where Jesus is called the son of God and the son of man. And it's like the explanation of, of, of if, if, if you're not from a Jewish background, you would see it and understand it more. Okay. How many are happy we have the gospel of Mark? Okay. 
So in a few weeks, we're going to start that, okay? Uh, but in preparation for that, I'm actually going to start today, guess where? In Mark. <laughs> and yes, it was on purpose, because I want to get started on the right foot. We're going to start today um, in Mark chapter 4. So all of us are really, really smart. All of us can know that if we're going to read through every chapter and verse of Mark, we'll eventually come back to Mark 4, right? Probably in, in a month or so, we'll probably be back to Mark 4 because we're going to read Mark 1, 2, 3. Anybody know how many chapters are in Mark? 16, that's right. 16. You say, will it take us the entire 2021 to read every word of Mark? I don't know. We're going to see how it goes. It might take us half the year. It might take us three-fourths of the year. I don't know. But what we're going to do is we're going to go on a journey through the words of Jesus. Are we all okay with that? Yes. Come on, before we get into this, say, Jesus, Jesus. spread your word, word. In, in and through, through. me. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we're going to read verses 1 through 20. And by the way, this same uh, parable, a, a different version of it, okay, the same parable you can find in Matthew 13 and Luke 8, all right? So we're going to go to Mark chapter 4. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. What is a parable? A parable is a fictional story that mirrors real life, okay? It's a story that mirrors things that we experience in real life, okay? So, here is uh, what he taught to the people that were sitting on the lake shore. All right, how about that church? The pulpit was a boat, and the people sat on the beach. And because he was on a boat over the water, uh, the sound was amplified and everybody could hear because Jesus happened to be smart, okay? And so he wanted everyone to hear this parable. So he got out on the boat. He also didn't want to be trampled by everyone. So. He got in the boat, and he started with this parable. Listen, all right? Is everybody listening? Yes. Come on, tell your neighbor, listen. listen. So important. The first word he says is, listen. Hark, <laughs> right? Don't just hear. Don't just let your ears vibrate, your eardrums vibrate with sound coming out of my mouth, he says, listen. In other words, hear with the intention of understanding and, and, and obeying, okay? That's what it means, listen. Like, listen up. The first sentence, a farmer went out to plant some seed. Who went out? What did he do? What did he plant? What did he do with the seed? 
Wait, wait, wait. What did he do with the seed? He planted it. What a smart guy. He actually planted the seed. He didn't just hold on to it or eat it. He actually planted the seed. Very important. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it, what? It died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and 100 times as much as has been as had been planted then he said anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand listen you've got to know this this morning anyone who wants to understand can anyone the truths of the gospel aren't for a select few and for others not The truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus' words is available to anyone willing to listen and understand. If you truly want to understand, you can. The problem is sometimes we really don't want to understand. We want to hear it. We want to know it. But we don't want to understand it because when we understand it, it means we got to do it. The problem is this, we will give an account for every word we've heard. Rather, we listened and understood it or not. That was not God's problem. That was ours. The opportunity and the invitation to understand the good news, to understand the kingdom of God, it's available to anyone and everyone who says, I'm willing to listen and understand. Okay? Who wants to? Who desires to understand the word of God? Then you can. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and the others who were gathered around, a group of people that were actually committed to following him, all right? They asked him what the parables meant. And then he said something very interesting. He said, you, who was he talking to? The disciples, the people that actually had a commitment to follow him. Not just any people in the crowd, but those who had made a decision to go wherever he went and follow him and listen, okay? He said, you disciples are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they'll learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they won't understand. Otherwise, they would turn, will turn to me and be forgiven. Being a disciple of Jesus will cost you everything. But the perks greatly outweigh the cost. The reward greatly outweighs The cost of surrendering all to follow King Jesus. 
Basically, he said to his disciples, you guys get the inside scoop. Everybody else, they could understand. They could hear and listen and turn to me and repent, right? But because they don't, they don't understand. They're just hearing these stories and they don't get it. But you guys get the explanation. How many of us want the explanation straight from Jesus? I want to know the secrets. I don't want to just hear and halfway get it. I want to hear him tell me the secrets. But for that, I must be a disciple. I must be a committed follower of Jesus. And Jesus then said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? That is a very important statement in the gospel because basically Jesus was saying this. This parable is the simplest, most basic of all my parables. This story I just told you is the simplest, it's the most basic, it's the foundation for all my other stories. If you want to understand everything else I say, understand this first. This is the foundation. Who wants to understand all the parables? Who wants to understand all the words of Jesus? Jesus said there's no way to unless we first understand this one. So are we ready to get this one today? All right, so he explained it to his disciples. Here goes the explanation. The farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. All right? What's the seed? God's word. How does it get planted? By taking. Taking it to others. See, I don't want to read anymore until we get that. The farmer plants the seed. How does the farmer plant the seed? By just living a good life? By just being nice and kind and polite? By just being an upright, righteous person in society? How does the seed of the kingdom of God actually get planted? By taking what? The word of God, where? To others. Which is what was Jesus, do, what Jesus was doing at the moment. <laughs> he was doing it first. He was taking his word to others, to the crowd and, and to his disciples, right? So let's just, let's digest that. The seed is God's word, and the way it gets planted is by taking that seed, by taking that word, where? To others. Okay. Ready to keep going? The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear, doesn't say listen, it says hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. We'll come back. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. So the seed actually in the first one doesn't get planted. The seed in the second one does get planted, okay? Receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, then he goes to they. He's talking about the people where the word is planted. They don't last long. It doesn't say the seed doesn't last long. 
It says they don't last long. There's a very big difference. No, but God's seed, his word is incorruptible and it can't, it actually can't be destroyed. Okay? It's part of who he is, his word. But when the seed is planted in shallow soil, it says they don't last long. I want to last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems. God, I've seen this too much. Yeah, the word. And now I have a problem. And the word is gone. It's forgotten. As soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word, face criticism or ridicule or ostracism for being a person who believes and stands for the truth. It says that those that face problems or face criticism for being a believer in God's word or for living according to God's word, if they don't last long, it's because they were shallow. Okay, it was just shallow. Okay, we'll come back to that. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, and boy, does it happen quickly. All too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So, no fruit. No fruit is produced. What good is a seed worth if it doesn't produce any fruit? Now, the seed itself is valuable beyond words. But if it didn't produce anything, any fruit, it didn't fulfill its purpose. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear. Here we go. Here's the listening part. Who hear and accept. And the word accept means this. It means to take it all the way in. Okay? When Jesus says accept, it means those who hear and take all the way in. God's word, and it says, and produce a harvest, not of two, not of four, but of 30, 60, or even 100 times much has been, that has been planted, as had been planted. Uh, scientifically speaking, one kernel of wheat can produce about 100 kernels of wheat, just one, Okay? One kernel of wheat can produce up to a hundred. It can multiply just one. I didn't say a stalk of wheat. I said one kernel of wheat, just that one itself can produce up to a hundred more. It's literally, in, there's a hundred kernels of wheat inside the one. Okay? So let's take, let's just go back through this briefly. We got four different things that happen with the seed. Are we ready? Let me give you all four, and then we're going to go through them, all right? We've got a lost seed. We've got a neglected seed. We have a 
smothered seed, and we have a multiplied seed. A lost seed, a neglected seed, a smothered seed, and a multiplied seed. Una semilla perdida, una semilla descuidada, una semilla ahogada, y una semilla multiplicada. Everybody say multiplicada. First of all, we see the lost seed, which represents a person with a closed mind and a hard heart. A closed mind and a hard heart. It's very simple. If we approach the word of God with a closed mind and a hard heart, in other words, I have my own way of thinking and I have no plans of changing it. Don't tell, you could be a Christian and be that way, except you won't be a real Christian. Can't get many amens. Come on. The lost seed represents those who have a closed mind, my own way of thinking, and no plans to change it. I think the way I think. I am the way I am. I am who I am, and I want to be that way. A closed heart. I'm not letting it in. I'm not letting it affect me. I might hear it, but I'm going to act like I don't even hear it. Guess what? You heard it anyway. But if I have a close, if I approach the word of God with a closed mind and a hard heart, the seed will literally just like that, it'll be lost. And this attracts demonic activity. It doesn't say that it just gets lost. It says Satan comes and eats it. He comes and steals it. I don't know about you, but I don't want Satan just coming to my life. We face enough spiritual battle as it is, as passionate followers of Jesus. But if I approach the word of God with a closed mind and a hard heart, it's an invitation for the devil to just come on and have his way. He'll just come and he'll steal it like you never heard it. Except on the day of judgment, you did hear it and you will be accountable for it. Jesus, have mercy on my soul. A lost seed. Come on, turn to the person on your left and tell them, don't lose it. Come on, tell the person on your right, if you don't lose it, you won't lose it. <laughs> I've met people who have, listen to me, I've met people who have lost it because they lost it. Many. So what happened to that person? They lost it. And the reason they lost it is because they lost it. They lost the seed. They lost the word. They forgot the word. They didn't take it in. Now we have a neglected seed. Yikes. This is the one who receives a message immediately with joy. I hear it and woo, the word, the gospel, Jesus, yes, the blood, the Holy Ghost, woo, 
healing. Healing. How many people got healing and didn't follow Jesus? In the Bible. How many people saw the power of Jesus? And then actually, can't you believe the people with the gall to ask him to go away? After they saw him cast the demons out of the dude? Jesus, please leave us alone. That has nothing to do with what I was saying. Where are we? <laughs> the neglected seed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The word. The Bible. I believe the Bible. Church. Discipleship group. Ooh. Okay. That's not my knee, that's the stage. <laughs> my knee kind of does that too, though. <laughs> the neglected seed represents a small commitment. A small commitment. And because it's a small commitment, it only produces temporary results. Okay. Most of us have probably planted a seed. How many of you, are, are, okay, how many of you like consider yourselves gardeners? I got two or three. Okay, how many of you self at least can keep a plant alive? I am not this way spiritually, but in the natural, how many of you are like me? You can plant a seed, you can water it enough for it to sprout, and then you forget about it and you go back three days later and it's dead as a doornail. Because it got neglected. It just got neglected. Olvidada. It got neglected. How many of us receive the word? Yes, Sunday. Church. The word. Talk to my... My, 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 my discipleship leader and just get the word. I'll turn on that podcast. Get somebody else's word. I got nothing against podcasts. I listen to them. I just make sure I got my own first. Okay? But, oh, I got a little bit of the word and then let's go along with life and, you know, who knows what. Oh, it's going to be Sunday again, except it's not my Sunday to go to church. So we just keep on going and then, okay, finally I go back to church and you get there and you get another word and the one you received two Sundays ago ain't did nothing. Why? Because a neglected seed will not produce. It has to be watered. It has to be cultivated. It has to be cared for. I shouldn't just receive the word with joy on a Sunday. I ought to go home on a Monday and read that word. And on a Tuesday, read it again. And on a Wednesday, read it some more. And I ought to not just like to read my favorite verses. I ought to read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and we could keep on going. Because I forgot what was next. It's been a while since I used a paper Bible. I need to go look at it again. 
Jude Revelation. Small commitment to the word of God. It also means not only do I just kind of receive it here and there, but also I'll apply it on the surface. But I'm not letting it go deep and actually change me. I might let it change a few of my little behaviors or bad addictions or whatever, but no, I'm not going to let it go inside of me and actually change my heart and my character and the way I think. Surface. Small commitment. Small results. <laughs> and small results, Jesus said, they don't last long. This is a very easy way to just backslide. God's will is for not for us to backslide ever. Never. Okay, then we have the smothered word. This is the seed that's totally received, but very quickly, it gets smothered and crowded by a bunch of other things because we do this with the word of God. I'm just going to toss it in there with everything else. I didn't mean to say that so country. All right. I'm just going to toss it in there with everything else. This is when the word of God isn't given its proper priority. When the word of God is just one of the many parts of our life. How many of you know that won't fly? If the word of God is just one part of the many other parts of your life, it's just one thing you pursue amongst many other things. It easily just gets smothered. It gets hidden. Jesus said it gets crowded out. He actually says it comes to the point where it gets crowded out. It gets ousted. Again, I've seen this too many times. People that say yes to Jesus. Yes, the word of God. I believe the Bible. I receive the word of God. But you know what? I'm just going to keep on living my life, pursuing everything I already pursue. I'm not going to make any changes in my priorities. I'm not going to make any changes in my schedule. I'm not going to make any changes in my schedule. I'm not going to make any changes in how I use my energy and my neurons. You know, we only got a certain amount, y'all. <laughs> I'm just going to let the word of God just kind of fall in there with everything else. No, sir, no, ma'am. It needs to be on a pedestal up top. <laughs> Pastor Liz prayed. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other stuff. There's nothing wrong with riches and other things. But if they're on the same level as the word of God... Oh, I really can't be that committed to going to church because I just have to work too much. Then you work too much. I don't really have time to like read the Bible on a daily basis because whatever, fill in the blank. I've heard a thousand different versions of that one. I don't have time to read the word of God. No, we don't prioritize the word. 
you have time to do whatever you want. Look, I'm 40, and that ain't old, but it's old enough to know I have time to do whatever I want. I really do. I actually do have time to exercise. I just don't want to. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, okay? <laughs> if you ever catch yourself even thinking, I don't have time to read the Bible, point your finger at yourself and say, you big fat liar. You had time to do everything else you did in the span of 24 hours. You couldn't prioritize the word of God. We learned, I think at the beginning of this year when we talked about reading through the Bible, if you could read, if I could dedicate 11 minutes per day, I could read through the whole Bible in a year. 11 minutes. And that's for an average reader. All y'all are like speed readers. Maybe not. Maybe you're like me, it takes me more like 20. <laughs> I like to think and not just read. But when the word of God is not given priority, I have no right. And that's not even the right wording. When I don't give the word of God priority in my life, I have no grounds to stand on to expect to actually see it happen in my life. Well, why isn't God this and God that and God the other? Why don't I see the results? First of all, they don't come quickly. It has to be prioritized. You don't plant a seed and tomorrow you have an apple. It doesn't work that way. But you can plant one seed and end up with an apple tree that produces thousands of apples, that produces millions of seeds, that produces millions of other trees if you want to. Results don't come fast. Millennials, listen. Gen Z, listen even more. Did y'all know on the new Nintendo you can rewind it and not die? Yeah, on the new Nintendo, made me want to throw it through the window. But then I liked that I didn't have to die and I could win without dying. But listen, what a stupid way of looking at life. There is no rewind button. There are consequences. For everything we do, for every thought we allow ourselves to think, for every word we allow ourselves to speak because they don't come out on their own. For everything we do or do not prioritize. <laughs> when the word isn't given priority, it will be Jesus' words all too quickly just smothered and crowded right out like you never even received it. But again, you did. I did, and I'll be accountable for it. Whew. We need to get the fear of God back in us. And 
finally, the fun one. <laughs> we have the multiplied seed. The multiplied seed is the word of God that's fully accepted all the way, cultivated, and then multiplied into more seeds. Seeds multiply. It's in their nature. The reason God referred to his word as a seed, because the nature of the word of God is to multiply. It's alive. It's alive. And things that are alive multiply. The nature of the word of God is multiplication. So when I let the word of God, the seed of the word of God on the inside of my life, it, it's going to multiply. Period. It's what it does. If I fully receive it, if I fully allow it to do its thing on the inside of me, sooner or later, I'm going to look and go, huh? That thing I received, I see it over there. And I see it and I see it in her. That happened through me. I see it, I see it in that whole group of people there at work. I see the word of God at work in them. It came from me. It multiplied. The nature of God's word, it's supernatural multiplication. That's why he calls it a seed. When God's word is cultivated, it multiplies. And this, my friends, is God's will for, you with me? This is God's will. No doubt about it. It's not God's will. Maybe it's not God's will for some. This is God's will for every disciple. Every disciple. We're called to multiply. We're not called to multiply just ourselves. We're called to multiply his word. And when we let the word be multiplied through our life, it produces, it produces. Now, just as we get near the end of this, when planted seeds multiply, what do they produce? I knew you were going to say that. And it is right, but there's more to it. Okay, let me ask the question again. When you plant a seed and that seed multiplies, what does it produce? Yes, it produces fruit, but what's inside the fruit? More seeds. More seeds. Fruit is the correct answer, but more seeds is the complete answer. Okay? When a seed, a fruit seed, okay, when a... This is the peach state. A peach seed is planted. It does produce a peach tree with peaches, but inside of every new peach is a new seed. If you plant an apple seed, it grows an apple tree and produces hundreds of apples per season, even thousands of apples on one tree. And each inside of each and every little delicious apple is, I forget, it's like eight seeds or something like that, okay? Multiple seeds. And inside of every one of those seeds is what? 
more seeds, more trees, more fruit, more seeds. Seeds produce seeds. Seeds multiply seeds. So what is inside of the seed of God's word? More seeds of God's word. Not just more of God's word. More seeds of God's word to be scattered, to be planted. For if we have seeds and just hold on to them, we become like the hoarder Jesus called a fool. Jesus' theme here is multiplication. God's heart, I just want us to get this today, God's heart towards his word is multiplication. And he wants to use you to multiply it. So two ways we multiply the seed of the word of God and we're done. It's very simple. You say, this sounds great. I receive the word. I want to multiply the word. Who says I want to multiply the word? Because we know that when the word spreads and multiplies, what, what gets multiplied? Seeds. And those seeds in people produce what? Disciples. Okay? Back to Acts chapter 6, verse 7. And the word of God spread and the number of multi disciples did what? Multiplied greatly. So, you, many of you are making disciples, and others of you will begin to make disciples this year. But let me tell you something. Making disciples isn't just setting a good example. That's part of it. Please set a good example. Making disciples isn't just spending time with people. Please spend time with people. Disciple making is impossible without the Word of God at the center. Because it's the Word of God, when it spreads, that multiplies disciples. Now, so... Two ways I can. Come on, say, I will multiply. How can I multiply the word of God? Number one and number two. Two easy words. The first one, sanctification. And the second one is disciple making. Okay? Sanctification and disciple making. First of all, the first way that the word of God multiplies, and it doesn't have to go in this order. You don't have to do fully number one to get to number two. One and two can happen at the same time. One and two should happen at the same time. One is sanctification. What does that mean? The seed, the word of God, multiplies within my own life until it completely takes over every part of my life. Jesus called it the little mustard seed that's planted, a tiny, tiny little seed, but very soon it takes over. It becomes one of the largest bushes in the garden so much that birds can make nests in its branches. One way the word of God multiplies and that I can multiply is by allowing it to multiply within me. When I receive a word that touches one area of my life, I should fully accept it and let it touch every area of my life until it takes over. It's, it becomes that, Jesus said, it, it, it becomes that lamp or that light that when we receive it, we're not fools and just put it under a basket. But we let the light shine. The first place Jesus taught us to let the light shine was on the inside. Come on, you can't shine to anybody else unless the word's shining on the inside of you. He said, pay attention to how you hear. Don't take the word and 
the light and put it up under a basket. Let it be multiplied within you until the light of his word shines and brightens every dark corner of our life. Until the mustard seed gets planted in one area of my life, but soon takes over every single part of my life, my heart, my soul, my everything. Let the word of God multiply in you. The second way we multiply the seed of God's word is that we plant it. <laughs> we plant it. We call this disciple making or discipleship, right? We plant the seed in others. Isn't that what Jesus said that the farmer does with the seed? If the farmer's going to plant the seed, didn't he first need to have the seed? If the farmer's going to plant the seed, didn't he first need to have the seed? Okay. But then we don't just have the seed. We plant the seed in others. We call this disciple making. We help them multiply that seed in their own life. And in turn, they plant the seed in still others. And then they plant the seed still in others. We allow the word of God, number one, sanctification. We allow the word of God to multiply within us until it takes over every part of our life. But we also take the seed of the word of God that we have received and we share it with others. Disciple making. Every one of us is called to multiply the seed in both of those ways. To share the word while allowing it to take over our own life. As I allow the word of God to totally consume my life, at the same time I'm sharing that word with others and helping them have it take over their life and encouraging them, hey, plant that seed in somebody else. The question today is, what am I doing with the precious seed of God's word? Maybe you didn't know this. Maybe you did. But for us to have the Bible translated into English and available to us today cost people their life. Not just Jesus. <laughs> to have the Bible translated into our own native language so we can read it and understand it and receive the seed. Literally, the, the devil tried to make it not happen. Societies and cultures and governments killed people. Killed people for daring to transcribe and translate the word of God into another language. Listen, the word of God is precious. It's a precious seed. What am I doing with it? What are we doing with it? Am I losing it because I have a hard heart and a closed mind? Am I neglecting it? 
just letting it kind of touch me on the surface but not really receiving it on the inside? Am I allowing it to just be smothered and crowded out? Or am I multiplying the seed? I want us, I want personally in us as a family to start 2021 moving in the right direction with the word of God. And this is what we need to think and pray about today. What are some decisions? Listen, I'm, I'm done, but I want us to really take this to heart, okay? What are some decisions, even some changes, we need to make so we can multiply the Word of God? I ask myself that personally right now, and I encourage you to do it. What are some decisions or some changes I need to make in my own life so that I can multiply the Word of God? So that I can allow it to multiply within me and also so that I can plant it in others. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking and showing you, each one of us, how to go about this, what we need to do, maybe even some changes or some tweaks in our lifestyle, in our attitudes, in the way we think, in our schedule. What do I need to do, Holy Spirit, to make the seed of the Word of God a greater priority? What do I need to do, Holy Spirit, to open my mind up more, to open my heart up more? What do I need to do, Holy Spirit, to fully accept Your Word and let it touch every part of my life? What do I need to do, Holy Spirit, to really care for and cultivate and show value for your word. Jesus, I know that one day I'm gonna stand before you and I'm going to give account, an account to you for what I did with your word. I don't wanna stand before you in eternity and just simply have received your word. Jesus, I don't want to stand before you in eternity and just say, I possessed your word. Jesus, I don't want to stand before you in eternity and just be able to say, well, I didn't lose it. I don't even want to stand before you in eternity and just be able to say, I loved your word. Lord, I want all of that. I want to love your word. I want to receive your word. I definitely don't want to lose your word. But Jesus, I want to stand before you in eternity and be able to say, I multiplied your word. I scattered the seed. 
I didn't just like the seed. I didn't just love the seed. I didn't just possess the seed. I didn't just put the seed away somewhere. No, Jesus, I want to be able to stand before you and honestly look back at my life and see that I multiplied the seed of your word. What do I need to change? What do I need to do? What decisions do I need to make? What steps do I need to take today, this week, this year, so that I can multiply your word? Listen, first of all, you must have received the word. Have you received the word? And I don't mean just the word I spoke to you today. Have you received the word, Jesus Christ? Have you accepted? Have you received? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? That's the first step in all of this is to repent. The Bible says repent which means I changed my mind. I changed my my direction. I turn away from my own way and from the world's way. And I turn to you, God, and I surrender to you in your way. And I believe that Jesus came and paid the price and died in my place to forgive me and to give me a new life. You must first receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, is that anybody before we stand up, before we sing, before we end, before we pray anything else? Is that anybody else? If that's you, just wave at me. See, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Come on, if that's you right there where you are, just call out to him. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I turn away from sin. I turn away from this world. I turn away from darkness. I turn away from my own way. I surrender my heart, my life totally to you. Jesus, save me. Come on, if you've been backslidden, you know it. If once you followed Jesus and you haven't been following him closely as of late, today is the day to respond to the word and come home to the Father. Just right there where you're seated, just draw close to him. Just tell him, I repent. I'm coming home today. I'm coming back today. Jesus, forgive me. Cleanse me. I want to follow you for real. I receive. Come on, can we all pray this? I receive your word today. I receive your word with an open mind, with a tender heart. Holy Spirit, help. Help me. Change the way I think change my heart oh Jesus I need you come on let's let's try without being distracted just for a couple more minutes if we can just all stand to our feet in the presence of God come on focus your heart focus your mind right now on the word he's speaking to you. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking this word specifically and personally to you today. 
It means something personal for each one of us. Respond to that word right there, right now. Respond to him. Don't just hear it. Listen to what he's saying to you personally. Don't just hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. Listen to the voice of Jesus speaking to you personally. And respond. Maybe you need to get on your knees. Maybe you want to come to the altar. Come on, normally right now we would start singing, but we're going to wait another minute. Respond. We respond to your word today, Jesus. Your word is precious to us. Your word is valuable. The most valuable thing we possess. Your wonderful word. This wonderful seed. Jesus, I receive it fully planted into my heart, into my mind. Jesus, I invite your word to change the way I think, to change my perspective, to change the attitude of my heart, to change the angle from which I view life, to change the way I talk, to change the way I relate to others, to change the way I serve. To change the way I do my job. To change the way I raise my kids. To change the way that I love and treat my spouse. To change the way I treat my coworkers, my classmates, my neighbors, my friends, my city. To change the way I view the world. Jesus, I invite your word. Change me, God. Transform me into a new person by renewing my mind, by changing the way I think, Jesus. Come on, some of us need to lay down our pride in our own way today and literally pray something like Jesus. this. Jesus, I don't want to keep thinking my way. I am wrong. My way of thinking is imperfect. It's off. It's incomplete. Jesus, change the way I think. I want to think according to your thoughts. I submit my heart. I submit my mind. I submit my life fully to the incorruptible seed of your word. Come on, somebody, let's pray this. And, and, and if you want to, the altar is open. If anyone wants to just come and seek the Lord at the altar, or there at your seat, however you want, but let's pray something like this. I surrender to your word. I lay me down. I lay me down, Jesus. This day and this week and this year, Jesus, multiply your word within me. I say, Holy Spirit, cause the word to touch every corner of my soul, every unaffected, unchanged part of my soul. Let me be transformed by your word.
every part of my soul, every part of my life that I've held on to myself, right now I let go of. And I say, change me. Change me. Change me. You are God and I'm not. Your word is truth. And now Jesus, use me. Give me your heart for your word. Your heart for your word is for multiplication. Your heart for your word is for me to scatter, to plant that word in others.